Hey, empaths. My name is Tatiana. I'm T. I'm Markia. And you are listening to the Empathetic Black Hottie Podcast. We're three licensed psychotherapists here to be another resource in your wellness toolkit. Where our motto is, when it comes to our couch, you, you can, can always sit with us. Hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Hola, como estas? Hola, my name is oh. Carmen. Oh. You are, I was gonna say, I know why you doing all that. Oh, okay. Me, any two? You know. Oh, muy bien. Oh, señorita. Okay. Ciao. You lost me after I that. I know you're like, and we're done. <laughs> yeah, that's where my limit goes. Wait, it was um, custodians at my job was asking somebody, like, is Bosora? And I was like, see, sí, it's Bosora. And my job, you know, black people at, at the work, when you know Spanish one, they was like, oh, you <laughs> Bilingual. No, she's three words. Bilingual. She's a bilingual girl. No, I was definitely giving. I was giving bilingual. I um. First of all, Ooh. all my cab drivers. I went. Ta- sorry, y'all. Todd just came back. I was about to say first. Tell the people from where Tulum, you were. ADHD just took off right there. But <laughs> Tatiana just came back from Tulum. Oh, she looks so great. Yes. Thank you guys. Yeah, we were. It was definitely my Spanish. Spanish one and two held me down there. <clears throat> we did great. My husband's Spanish, very, very bad. <laughs> um, but every time we went into like a taxi or something, I would ask, I was like, oh, um, habla inglés. They were like, uh, my soul mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I'll just like ask my questions um, in Spanish. But they were like, oh, tu, tu Latina? I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Afro-Latina. Okay. I'm about to remind them of a West Side Story, bitch. I was like, I'm done. No, you know that's... Puerto Rican. Oh, yeah. I was like, Rican. I was kidding. The Puerto Rican princess. Shout out to Mexico. Do you feel like you were able to, like, communicate better? Yeah. I was get, I was actually giving uh, now all the things uh, I did say one thing wrong and I was in a mean ass 7-Eleven with this mean ass <laughs> lady and I wanted to ask if they had like bags mm-hmm. and that's bolsa but I actually said boleta which means mm-hmm. like ticket and I was like oh um tu um I was like tu pongo um boleta she was like it's bolsa I was like oh ah! and she was like and no <laughs> Okay. So you corrected me and don't Wait, even so have did what she I speak need. Spanish? Or did she speak English? Not really, but she oh. definitely knew what I was trying to say and she was like Bolsa. But mm. she said it very okay. I was like, it's let me your out of this seven eleven bitch. <laughs> Leviosa. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Um, no, so Todd will be doing the remainder of the podcast in Espanol. <laughs> oh God! No, I'm definitely my one and two can get me just what I need if I need like mm-hmm. something to drink, something emergency. Yeah. yeah. No, TikTok has been where it's at though. I don't know if I've been seeing probably um, sign language, like the people teaching people oh, sign yes. language. I'm yeah, loving talking that. my language. Period. You better go off. I know. So, my favorite thing is dumb bitch. <laughs> Wait, hold up. What is it? Do it again. Dumb bitch. Oh, wait. Okay. Is this? Dumb dumb bitch. We got to start recording. Yes. (laughs) My neighbor's like, please get on YouTube. I'm like, girl. I know. We do need to do just a little behind the scenes. Get a little backdrop and we can do it. 
Yeah. I like that for us. Okay. Stay tuned. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I, that is, I love sign language. I need to get back in with like a tutor. I don't know if I want to go into classes or do Mm -hmm. a tutor. Sorry. The birds are going to be out, y'all. The birds are paid actors for this episode <laughs> spies if you, like, if you will I feel like you know a good amount I've seen you do it like just off the break yeah. I just need a tutor yeah and when I'm drunk unfortunately it comes out <laughs> in the club no T is definitely the you ever see a bitch F-R-E-E people are like why would you let I don't need to get lit I don't need to get lit doing sign language in the middle of the club T you can First of all, T can get us into these concerts doing the sign language now. I think very I, true. Yeah, I think like I, I finished she my be first. like that lady that was at that press conference <laughs> saying wrong information. <laughs> she said you're talking about spaghetti. <laughs> Wait, is that what she was really saying? Anything. She was using she was using mostly like signs but not anything not, of what he was saying. Oh my oh, god. I thought she just was doing random Some shit with her fingers. She said what was not that's hilarious what are we holding space for oh lord um want me to go last because i already know mine yeah i'll go last should i okay yeah it's been a minute what do you have you have something prepared well i was i have just like a a reflection thing Mm -hmm. so and it's not super but so i am in a new decade but Mm -hmm. and during our trip it was something interesting that happened that like now I'm just like I want everyone to experience this because it was so interesting so when we were in Tulum me and my husband are definitely people of like we're going to do the things that the people there do Mm -hmm. I'm like immerse us so the um, hotel that we stayed at first of all loved them because he knew English pretty well like the owner and he like would go back and forth with us on WhatsApp like just giving recommendations and stuff Mm -hmm. but he told us um he would just tell us like oh if you want to get around this is the best way or this is what you should do so of course you know mexico does not have ubers and so we were like should we do taxis and he was like everybody gets around on like motorcycles atvs and you know i'm did y'all do that we did so we but at first i was very y'all nervous the miniseries i love watching the tie and come on show <laughs> literally when y'all are dead <laughs> but we um so they were saying like oh like most people get around motorcycles in it and it's much like cheaper too versus like in a taxi you think you gotta sell a bike to a philly nigga it's up come on i know, they I know he was like <laughs> no let's let's with him i'm like hold up man because i'm nervous also like we on vacation so all my looks i'm like i don't think this is back of a motorcycle i'm like yeah. skirts dresses like what the right. fuck Accurate. sandals like flip-flops and stuff <laughs> so but the first night i'm like all right because they said do you want to just rent it for 24 hours i'm like let's just rent it for 24 hours see mm-hmm. how i like it so the first night though that first ride very bumpy i was very much like give this shit the fuck mm-hmm. back but the next day we went out and that's when we decided to like ride to the cenote and stuff and i was also kind of just like watching other people because everybody is on motorcycles there like everybody mm-hmm. little kids on the back of their motorcycle with their parents Period. like yeah that's why i was like if they could do it right i'm See, like if they, they had to do it, 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 it i'm like if this two-year-old is fine then my ass needs to grow up so <laughs> we um so we get on it we ride to breakfast and that was the first ride where i'm like all right i'm actually feeling comfortable now like i'm cool and then also like i remember we rode by this couple rode by and the guy was on it and the girl was on the back and she was like stimulating his nipples and i was like oh, oh that's a vibe not push the start i, I was like she's kind of a vibe 
Like it's so mm-hmm. like beautiful, and I'm like I feel like everybody should experience this. It was just like leave it to your cancer movement to make it sensual and like <laughs> it intimate. Was, That's so beautiful. It was Aww. so sweet and just nice because like you have to ride and you have to hold on mm-hmm. to them. And then also we had to like the person usually like as I was watching everybody else, the person on the back is the one that does like the signaling, mm-hmm. which means you have to like communicate like, baby, let them know I'm about to make a left. I'm mm-hmm. like, got it. <laughs> But it's just like very like I'm like oh my god it was given um it was given just I'm like I get the Harley um mm-hmm. Davidson bitches now mm-hmm. the girls in the right? biker game yeah. I was like I, I understand them I'm like these niggas is an aphrodisiac so <laughs> I would just say guys if you are out of the country because most places like that is the majority mm-hmm. of how other people get around in other countries besides around here and well in Philly but. Mm-hmm. I would say if they if they offer y'all, do it. And I saw um friends on it too. Like I saw a group of women where the girl was mm. on the the women were on the back, and it was just like and they looked like they were having like such a fun time. But it's just like freeing. You're out on the open road. I feel like you just I think you sold it's it. connecting. So. Now listen, ladies, <laughs> gents. I believe you heard her say, try that when you're in another country. If I see you riding down broad <laughs> on the back like of a, a nigga's bike. First of all, he is worried about that wheelie. He is not worried about that beat. Yeah, they not being safe. Okay, you will lose that bust that really. down and possibly you more. And also and the I. Federalis in Mexico, if you don't have on a helmet, they told us before we left out, they were like, because first we, they were like, you have to have on a helmet or you will get in trouble or you will get a ticket. Mm. So, you know, Philly niggas, complete, right. they, their agenda is different. It's not to get Very from different. here to there. Mm-hmm. It's to show, show they off. fucking ass. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, with discretion but I was just like who knew that would be such like a intimacy building thing so guys if y'all out of town Mm -hmm. rent that bike (laughs) so y'all did that the whole time yeah so it went from the 24 hours where the so the next day we had to give it back and then we were sad we were like Mm -hmm. should we get it again in the morning and we got it again and we had it for the rest of the time Aww, that's nice nice. that does sound good Yes. <laughs> so that was, that's a random holding space, but yeah, y'all rent a bike. Yes. And you like to learn? build a connection. I enjoyed it. I I really like. So of course it's like the popular things that you can all do. Mm-hmm. But even with that, because like. I'm sure y'all are familiar with Black and Tulum. We went to a Black and Tulum um, event, and oh, yeah. um, it was nice. However, I was kind of like. I don't want to be in a whole different country and listening to the same music I listen to in Philly, mm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, of course, y'all know I love Young Dolph, like like any yes. other mm-hmm. um, red-blooded American. I, I love Young Thug, all of them, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to, like, it's cool, but I want to be engulfed in somewhere else versus, like, bringing what I normally do somewhere mm-hmm. else. So, but we did enjoy it, and I'm like, it was cool. And I also saw people I knew there was random. Mm. But I wanted to, my favorite parts were just, like, the cenotes. We rode on a bike 45 minutes out to a cave. Um, and, like, we went diving in it, and mm. it was, like, super beautiful and also kind of, like, spiritual and, like, it just felt very sacred so like those things were really nice but yeah i'm like when in rome i want to do the things the romans do yeah Yeah. that sounds so beautiful i feel bad because i remember last week i was like oh i have a notes app for like all the holding space topics (laughs) 
<laughs> you don't have anything for today. Yeah, key go. I'm <laughs> done. No, it just says man with cheeseburger check because <laughs> we talked about it last week. Uh, now I have a question. I feel like okay, like usually one of us always has a question. So I'll, since Marquia doesn't, I'll pose the problematic question. Oh lord! And it's oh, just lord. like no, it's not problematic. Okay, I just want to okay. hear what are your worst first dates experience stories. <laughs> Is one coming we just got to pick one, Sina. Damn. Um, no, I'm trying to think. I I have one that comes to mind. <laughs> first. I'm trying to think of if anything tops that. I would say it's not really like it wasn't terrible. Like, oh my god, but like it was just very clear. Like, we don't need to be speaking anymore <laughs> after this moment. Like, it's fine. Yeah, some days are really like that. It's like, yeah, it's fine. So, I went on a date. This was in college, so very long ago. But um, I met up with this guy. And on the phone and stuff like that, he seemed like a normal person. Mm-hmm. But when we met up in person, he was cool. But it was like, I don't know, it was weird vibes. I feel like, I don't know. If, and I guess now I take this as a red flag where, like, he instantly got like too familiar with me mm. like where it's like i took it as like you was just in a relationship and you're trying to like play relationship with me when like you need to just get to know me and mm. like kind of watch your mouth because he was like kind of like being like feisty and i'm like we don't have like the that banter where you can be like talking to me like that think about <laughs> right no but it was don't like no it was more me. like yeah like i don't know it was just like him being like a little aggressive but I guess he thought it was like funny but i'm like i don't know you like that yeah so make a long story short like we were philly people know we were on 40th street and we went to movies on 40th street Mm. across the street from 40th street after i was gonna say you got options Mm -hmm. (laughs) across the street um we just stopped at the mcdonald's just because i was like oh i want like a mcflurry and and why why would i want why with your back toast no but maybe this was god and i didn't because i didn't even get a chance to eat it and we'll talk about (laughs) okay so as we were like walking i was like eating it and i accidentally um dropped a little bit on his sneaker (laughs) and (laughs) whoa there he almost body slipped he was like I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm thinking he'll be like a normal human, be like, oh no, no, like it's yeah, no problem. Like it's okay, wipe it off. He was like, what the fuck? And I was like, all right. <laughs> I'm never gonna see Eight you with dollars. Right, like exactly literally, like his like I understand, like I would be irritated, but I wouldn't show maybe later as I'm cleaning my sneaker, I would have been like, this bitch. Right. But I'm like, for him to react that yeah. like loudly about it. I was like, I'm sorry. And I was like, oh. Then at first, I like reached in, like, you want me to wipe? He's like, no. And I'm like, all right, was so it the I'm What was he wearing? You remember? Right now, I got to know. Forces came to my mind, I'm too. I'm sorry, because black niggas and they for Black Philly niggas, niggas and, and they forces. sneakers in general. How much of the McFlurry was assa- he assaulted with? <laughs> it was maybe. $4. It wasn't a lot. Like, did Eminem make it to the show? Because it was like the they, no. they, they do the, the, the color thing. Well, see, I'm not even Eminem, bitch. It was Period. definitely Oreo. Oreo. Oh, it was Oreo. So he'll be but, all right. Watch it off. But it water. wasn't even. It wasn't. I don't think it was that much. Like it was like a spoonful that and like the bit that was on the spoon like hit it. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, Ew. it was just so big of a response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was like so uncomfortable by it. Maybe and I'm he was like, on his menstrual. I was just like. 
could have been. I'm sorry, but also, like, ew. <laughs> now I'm about to leave, because, like, who are you talking to? And then he just never recovered after that. Like, oh, so I was trying to be chill, like, oh, do you want to walk around? And he just was, like, stank. And I was, like, I... And when, I wasn't driving at the time, but he was like, oh, you want me to walk you to the L? And I was like, no. And I just I got on the L. And, and I just, like, blocked him, like, on the L while I'm on the train. I'm like, black. <laughs> but, yeah, it was just, like, such a big, ex- once again, I would have been irritated, but, like, that was, like, a lot. Yeah. That is a good. Let's see, let's <laughs> see who can lower one. the bar. <laughs> what you got, Marquia? Who's next? Well, the worst day I've been on wasn't a date because he didn't show up. So I guess that bar's in hell. What happened? Like I always wonder, like how people get stood up. Like when you you were there though at the place, we were at the place. We agreed to. Did you know me in that time in your life? Because now I'm about to be mad at you because you know I would have pulled up. I don't think I did. Actually, no. Todd would have pulled up. I would have. I don't think I did. I would have been his whereabouts. Would have been I'm trying to hanging think. in front of like a bed in front I of his I think I did, but I think it was <laughs> the beginning stages. <laughs> what? Because I knows me. I, I was not even shooting at him. Like Kim K in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> I love y'all. I love y'all so much. Um, I think I did, but it was the beginning stages of knowing each other. So I don't think we were like where we are now. I think it was like that first semester-ish. Okay. Um. But no, girl, we planned everything. It was the movies. We were going. We said we were going to meet up at this time. He said he was on his way, and he never showed. Did you still see the movie? Yeah, yeah. Did you get the big boy? Yes. Yo, me and Marquia (laughs) came with the big boy. What? Me and Marquia with the big boy popcorn. Oh, um, yeah, I still went to go see oh them. Now, did he ever, like, send anything? Like, I was going to no? say, did he end up, you know, getting wait, a call? That's, now, when that's, you gotta check, that's when you got to check the county jail records. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know you enough to call the hospitals. I don't care no, that, that much, but I'm going to check the jail records. Did you get picked up? Because I did, word? so... But and I'm also wondering too if he might have just like blocked me, but it was just also annoying because it's like we didn't. Why did we do this whole thing if you just wasn't going to show up? His girlfriend probably called him in the act. Probably. Probably called him on the way out. And, but what's interesting though, sometimes that's the only time I've been stood up. But sometimes when niggas do disappear, they do pop back in, and I'm like, you had a girl and y'all had an argument. Yeah. He never popped mm-hmm. back in, so I actually hope he's okay. I don't. Right. I'm like actually text me from whatever the grave. happens. Not happens. text me from the grave. <laughs> the fuck. So yeah, that's actually interesting now. But, but the movie yeah. is actually not a bad place. To get stood up because you can appear as if you're going yeah. by yourself. Yeah, and I didn't go in until I like it was like probably ten minutes past, and he never or I think it was more than that. I think I might have made it like almost twenty five minutes. Um, and he still didn't say anything. I had called him. It was going to voicemail, and I'm like, okay, I'm still gonna go see the movie. I'm already here. I already drove all the way here. Like, I'm still gonna go. I think so. I would have seen it too. It would have been kind of hard to be like, all right, where do I gauge? Um, how long do I wait for him? How mm-hmm. long do I? Because sometimes mm-hmm. I overthink. But I would have got the big boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't even remember what movie it was. I'm trying Girl, to think. Girl, it was so long ago. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't really remember a movie. But I know I did. I bit missed the previews because I was waiting. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I grabbed my popcorn. I still went to see my That's movie. shitty. It but is. Also, but also, because I'm wondering which one would have been the worst response for you just to not to say anything at all versus like, you know how niggas would make up some elaborate mm-hmm. car, like lie, like the next day like I'm sorry I got hit by a car yesterday <laughs> that's what I'm saying and yeah so I guess maybe that's better cause I would've been I would've preferred super that. irritated you would've the, preferred the lie yeah I would've so at least I heard from you I would've preferred that's something a little bit right and then I, I could be like aw and then block you. you yeah yeah right. at least I could get my lick back and say something I couldn't say anything mm-hmm. yeah so, who's next? <laughs> Let's see if I can lower the bar, ladies. <laughs> I think I think I might. Oh my God! Worse than not showing up. He. I wish he didn't. 
I well, will I was say sometimes mm-hmm. just being around right. might be bad. So. <laughs> so first of all, y'all know how I am. Like usually I can feel a vibe for people and I don't it's not that I don't give chances, but it's like I can I'm just assured that what will work sometimes mm-hmm. and what doesn't. So we this was years ago probably college because i was working at um the y and we had worked together first off i also don't shit where i eat so that usually off limits too yeah um mm-hmm. but like everyone was kind of just like oh like you know give him a chance he likes you and there he was nice and i definitely like the nice guys but i was like all right fine so he took me to a like eagles opener or like a mm-hmm. scrimmage or whatever and you know we fuck with the eagles mm-hmm. we like mm-hmm. that sporting event um but we had to he didn't drive I don't know how y'all feel but we were like he was older than me but like I just was too young to kind of see that as a red flag then mm-hmm. so my ass got on the L in that scenario so you know <laughs> I'm right, and that's what I'm thinking so I'm like I'm well versed in the L and stuff mm-hmm. so it's not a big deal and it's also like Lincoln financial who wants yeah, to drive nobody right. wants to pay for the parking over there anyway alright so see they were orange flags at the mm-hmm. time um, we get down there and honestly it went okay like he didn't have like like alpha energy or anything like that mm-hmm. but it wasn't like a deal breaker necessarily we were kind of okay it was when we were leaving similar to you mm-hmm. like the date wasn't going great but i wasn't like <laughs> gonna bolt until we're walking out y'all and you know how like the courtesy of letting a girl walk inside the sidewalk mm-hmm. is a thing I- i'm not gonna knock somebody over the head for that this was worse we're walking out of the stadium and there's like homeless people or people houses people out there and they're like asking for stuff like mm-hmm. coming up to people just being mm-hmm. aggressive but not like assaulted mm-hmm. just aggressive so i was walking on the inside he's walking on the outside and a man's coming from the outside like in on off of the street onto the sidewalk and he puts his hand out and says like you know you have spare change why did this nigga throw me into the hobo no he threw no no what do you mean like grabbed my shoulders no he didn't got behind me (laughs) and threw me into the hobo oh my god no he did not like why though it was like like you could just say no that's even like (laughs) instinctual the fact that was your response like you want to be agile your response put me in danger what the fuck even the hobo was shot Like, turned off, like, right That might caught you off guard, nigga. You grabbed me by my shoulder. That was also such an intense response. Right? Is he not from the city? Um, he's not, actually. But still, like... (laughs) But still, that's not my first response. But my thing is, like, I feel like maybe if you're from, like... Even if you're from like the county outside of Philly, mm-hmm. I feel like you're still used to it. But That's it's like I'm saying, yeah. like he's from around here. Okay, like you. Mm-hmm. It's like you. We all. If you're from a city, you've uh, encountered a houseless person, yes. and you know, just keep it moving. You be like, no, I'm sorry, I don't got no change mm-hmm. on me, bro. I'm sorry, or like yeah. whatever. But just keep it moving. But that response is like too much. Child, it's not that deep. Like mm, absolutely, I can still feel the way he was behind me. Oh <laughs> my god, how did you recover? Yeah, like what do you say after that? Like, so once the once the guy walks away, it's like now what? I, I, you know, what? I was so I was in shock. <laughs> Real shit. And no, he he acted like nothing happened, so he kind of tried to keep the conversation going. Absolutely no, not. I was like fast walking to the L. <laughs> yeah. I gotta get out of here. He was 
like trying to be chivalrous from that point. Actually, what? Yeah. Oh, and then like we got met up. Like so, we walked to L, got to the terminal, and then like other people were like picking us up from like from like work, which is also kind of like sir like you're yeah. you're on a date and you got other people picking us up from work and they were younger than him so i'm like why mm. why um and i was just like so turned off so what happened was um the person that was driving he was like who wants to go who am i dropping off first and my arm would have shot up Volunteers tribute. Pick number three, my lord. Please. <laughs> and the the date was like um kind of mad at him. He was like, I didn't want T to go home first because like I was trying to like have more time with nah, her in the nah, back. Nah, Girl, nah. no, drive me home. And then God like got the the driver was so oblivious. He's like, all right, T, we're, we're 15 minutes from home. I was like, Thank make you. it make it 12 if you can. <laughs> and go through that stop sign. And from that Ew. point on, never again. Did he say anything after? He never acknowledged the fact that he threw you into danger? I think I did go back to work and tell a friend. And he was like, um, <laughs> yes, Marquia, you were, so, you were pulling out the repressed memories. <laughs> yes, he did. You know what he said? He was like, I mean, the guy was homeless. That was his defense. The guy was homeless. I, I was like, what? I'm sorry. That doesn't, that's not even an answer. That's what he said. What? So, like, let's acknowledge the fact that you, a man, threw me, Question a woman, into danger. Right. Into Question danger. Is. I think it's less about the houseless man. Okay, at this point, he's the, the hero of this of the story. <laughs> I feel like he is he's less the of victim. the victim. Right. You actually pushed <laughs> A human into him and he was just walking mind his business <laughs> asking for change right he was working and like doing what he was <laughs> working and you threw me he's trying to find his next meal you, you threw me into like, his freaking you didn't work really field. address the issue but okay so like, I, don't know. Oh, God. I don't know where the bar lays but it was pretty low <laughs> yeah. shout out to people who are not taught fucking simple <laughs> social cues because oh, like God. all these people is like what the fuck but I can look back. I feel like those were we were so young men, and mm-hmm. I feel like hearing your examples and my example, I'm so proud of us and our little versions of ourselves, <laughs> like the 19, 20, 21 year olds that were good mm-hmm. enough to be like, I'm not questioning this at all. I'm not going to overthink this. It's a hard no. Can we bring that back? <laughs> what, what happened? Life. How did I get here? Can I bring that back? Not overthinking. I think about it all the time. I was way more fearless as a kid and yeah. took way more risk yeah. and had way more failures and had way more. Re- I did not give a damn. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was no holds bar back then. <laughs> Definitely. For sure. And I'm sure his sneakers wasn't even that nice. So. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. But if it wasn't memorable. We have the answer. Yeah. <laughs> Probably already had ice cream stains on it before you. Right, like right. You just like walked here from you know, wherever. You know, he was probably trying to return them. <laughs> this bitch running in my fucking. Fuck up. Fuck up his money. Did he even Sorry. buy the McFlurry? Huh? Did he buy the McFlurry? See, I don't even remember. He probably did. See, even back then, I didn't play that shit. <laughs> I know he paid for the movie ticket, cause just cause like I, that would have been ingrained in my head if he didn't. So, but yeah, I'm sure he played for that McFlurry. Like, but yeah, so. <laughs> fuck you and possibly them air forces possibly i don't know <laughs> okay what you holding space for so i am holding space for book club yes <laughs> um finally after probably it was like a month y'all gave me this book for me to read um but it's called the push by hi person i have last name actually all dream all dream mm-hmm. okay 
um, by Ashley Aldrain. So I think T read it first, then Ty read it, and then it took me a little bit long. Um, but but I finally really finished it. No, once show? you actually got started. Yeah. Well, right. When I actually got started, I was done in like two days. <laughs> I stayed up until 1 a.m. to read it. Um, but it's about like motherhood. Um, I guess you can say psychological. Right. So I, I think it definitely too. would be in the psychological. Yeah. <laughs> aisle of barnes and nobles <laughs> and it's reflecting on this woman who feels like she is questioning her mm-hmm. role as a mom based on the trauma she grew up with the trauma her mom grew up with and mm-hmm. how she knows how to be a mom and if she has those maternal instincts um it kind of starts with her in it's in third person the, yeah, yeah it, it is kind of a person um, that first and chapter. you can kind of see like the ending in the beginning mm-hmm. um and she's kind of like talking to her ex-husband at the yeah, time her ex-husband her husband. yeah about her experience of growing up being married to him and having their children and mm-hmm. then cue in violet girl Dead. um it's her daughter I feel, and I feel bad talking about a child in this way but fuck <laughs> nah, that bitch. i knew she put that motherfucker <laughs> off their playground <laughs> so there's this question of is violet innately some evil baby that mm-hmm. is just not all the crowns are in the box or is Blythe? Yeah, yeah Blythe. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm going to call her Blythe every time. <laughs> it, I read that whole book calling her Blythe and then I reflected with my book club and they were like, so Blythe? And I was like, who's that? <laughs> or, who, who, when who's did Blythe? she come who, into the, the picture? Um, um, so is Blythe just struggling with motherhood because her mother, she has like big, huge um maternal I mean, yeah. ruptures and her mother has re- maternal attachment and ruptures her mother yeah. and her husband is kind of like i guess we can say now in our opinion probably gaslighting like yeah it's you and then like he's all yeah he's the, the reader is kind of yeah. led to think like is it blythe is it violet mm-hmm. um and then there's I never this- questioned if it was blythe <laughs> no i never did either i always i always believed Blythe, but i think because the daughter was so um manipulative mm-hmm. she only acted out around her right so she Violet's was an angel around everybody else other kids there's incidents that are questionable questionable because Violet's a child and people are like is she it, Blythe's the only one picking up if mm-hmm. she's doing anything and then they have a second baby who Blythe is instant, instantly maternal with yeah. and really feels connected to mind you Violet and the dad feel very close mm-hmm. um, and when she feels close to her son she's kind of getting confidence and for a while violet was cool with that until she wasn't yeah and then it comes into question after other kids have been hurt in her classes and on playgrounds repeatedly did she hurt her brother because her brother ends up dying yeah Um, and i think the part that was difficult to um in reading it was because we know so they also do um I guess like background or like they flashback to like her grandma and then her mom so we also see how they grew up and their traumatic experiences and things they went through so when she has the baby she's like am I even fit to be a mom like I think her mom left when she was like 13 never looked back yeah maybe even 11 so yeah so I know she was like questioning that and when she gave birth to Violet she immediately felt detached Mm -hmm. she was like I do not feel connected to this baby I'm just looking at her and like we're in this together but I don't feel like we're really in this together so she was questioning it and feeling like the things that she saw Violet do were just in her mind Mm -hmm. and then when she has her son she's like oh no I love this little boy with my whole whole heart Violet is just evil loving him yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. very much the vibe and also like Violet um, the baby Sam died at like two or very close to like two years old and Violet was mm-hmm. only around six or seven at mm-hmm. that time mm-hmm. so it's like how she looks crazy accusing a, a kid of this yeah. but 
she also has such a different experience of her daughter um i don't know if i did quite you're right i don't know if i questioned violet but i questioned was it nurture or nature because mm-hmm, there was some yeah. time she felt mom felt very guilty for not being there for violet like she would let her cry yeah, yeah, that's yeah the part. those are some of the that's things the and like when the dad walked in and like she had the headphones in while violet was like for hours long crying i was kind of like black if you drawn yeah but but she I was think, in her bag <laughs> what, was her, her what was her husband's name it was something weird like wolf or something wolf. like that I can't remember but there he you know my husband was not reading the book with me but he Mm -hmm. heard all of my reactions because they were all like very big I would slam down the book and be like what the fuck but the main thing Fox Fox Fox. I'm like wolf I knew it was something like that (laughs) I was about to call him Dan so the moment (laughs) when I was truly like well I hate Fox was when Violet was like Blythe overheard Violet talking to her daddy and Violet was like I I I hate mommy and he was like it's it's okay or mm. something like that he, he was said, like yeah that's your mom mm. no he, I don't even think he's he says something like basically agreeing like yeah she's a bitch she's and I was like <laughs> I literally turned over the book and I was like I'm done I hate them Blythe should just leave them too like just yeah. run off Blythe fuck these kids fuck him but you want to know who the real villain was the grandma oh my god so fox's she mom is known is. as like this homemaker perfect mom mm-hmm. knows just does everything mom. right um and life struggles with like that because what i saw anyway my experience was helen i think her name was mm-hmm. kept kind of like invalidating like you'll get it you'll get mm-hmm. it you'll get it you'll get it together um when really no one's actually seeing the truth and then i think grandma did see the she truth she saw the truth yes yeah, she, she was, was one of the only people that um the only that person. violet was actually acting up in front of mm-hmm. too and she was like oh shit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but she was trying to get her ready for bath time and that bitch was wild you know i actually didn't think of helen as like um that bad of a person i felt like i do feel like i saw from vice perspective like you know when you feel like i feel like fox was always comparing Mm -hmm. life to his mom is Mm -hmm. like my mom didn't have as much of a difficulty like she was such a good mom i feel like he made helen the villain Mm. but because of how he talked about it and kind of compared them but i i felt like honestly helen was one of the only people that was sometimes in her corner i do feel Mm -hmm. like she wasn't that big of Mm -hmm. an advocate like she could have done more yeah but i do feel like she was one of the only people i feel like at times when maybe blythe was like i'm just gonna be a bad mom i felt like it was a little comforting when helen was like you'll get it like you'll be fine instead yeah. of being like bitch you don't know what you're doing which what well, i feel like fox was doing that yeah yeah i, I agree that's how i experienced helen but, but i also I think, felt go, go ahead, ahead. No, but i also felt for blythe because she didn't have a mom mm-hmm. and yeah. her and helen before the baby because they met in college mm-hmm. um that became her mom and she really had her own bond with her and remember after like they were divorcing helen was trying to stay connected mm-hmm. but you know life kind of lost her her only version of a mom that she had yeah. when she became a mom and violet kind of put a red wedge in that yeah i would say i feel like maybe that's why i'm calling helen the villain because she saw violet in live action and actively decided to turn the other cheek yeah. and, and not fox would have believed her if fox she spoke would have believed her mom so i feel like mom, that's yeah. also why i'm like like you said you could have advocated more you visibly saw this little girl act the way that she was acting only around me so you're you're confirming what i've been saying so i definitely feel like she could have been in her corner more and talked to fox about it even during the divorce like girl you knew she was messing with Gemma. i wouldn't be surprised if she did talk to fox oh yeah let's bring Gemma. <laughs> i was going to and that's when i was not on Blythe's side anymore <laughs> when her ass put on I that she slept on that wig <laughs> and 
you know, I'm here for the know, drama. I, I kind of like not it. on her side. So then, speed up, guys. Fox ends up cheating. Shocker. Fuck they divorce. Him. It's always okay. <laughs> um, and he gets with the woman that he's cheating with, but he his secretary, his, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He was always a fucking. Secretary. And he tried to cover it up too. Thank gosh, Blythe was um, digging into stuff, and she kind of mm-hmm. discovered you were not. You're not quitting. You're fired because yeah. you're having. On inappropriate relationships with that woman mm-hmm. and um so then he leaves her for the woman and um they split custody with violet but Gemma is somebody that blythe becomes increasingly like obsessed with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not in the way that she wants her man back more in the way of like who are you mm-hmm. um shout out my nigga Gajo. <laughs> and she does start to like stalk her and at first it was, just seemed like some natural curiosity and maybe yeah. I was like oh, so you know it no, was I felt, in the beginning I felt like this was fine but then when she started talking I'm like Blythe we can't yeah. go past this yeah. now yeah. you're like becoming friends Talk- with the bitch yeah. it's, it's like, like what's yeah. it was it was, it was. I'm also pissed off that white women can be well no she never seen her before so granted but I'm like I just knew in my heart I knew she did not even pick a good wig. Like we all, <laughs> we all knew. I think it had bangs. Like what? Yeah. I think she said. I think she's a brunette, and it was like a blonde, bright blonde black. <laughs> went to the place of no return. Because once again, I understood. I just now, what a scarecrow. I, it's, it's a, it's a question of whether I would do it or not. But I understood. Like, all right, I stop in class, I see the bitch from afar, and I mm-hmm. look and be like, that's that bitch. Right. Right. But actually, coming up to her, and be like, hi, my name is yeah. made up name. Y'all become <laughs> friends. Y'all start texting. She be like oh my kid did this today and then we're i'm talking That's and then when she made wild. the fake world up where her son was still alive yes. i'm like mm-hmm. pictures of this baby boy. Mm-hmm. baby yeah. we're not okay now yeah like, she was unwell we're getting to a space where you're not okay so blythe befriends this woman and she starts to have a a genuine friendship where one thing she's benefiting from is mm-hmm. this dis- dissociate or delusion that her son sam Life son who passed it via Violet is still mm-hmm. alive and she gets to um, communicate with Gemma on parenting because Gemma mm-hmm. now has I think she's married to Fox and has yeah. a baby maybe not married but she has a baby with Fox mm-hmm. who not still has not told Blythe that he has a baby with this woman mm-hmm. like yeah Violet is and still going been, in between houses that she been, knows that's also once again when I'm like Violet you're getting on my nerves Blythe has some patience there though she has no Blythe oh, patience over saying but also a little Tick, Which tick, is boom. why she's, I think she started with Gemma. I think that's why also she probably has so much repressed stuff, which is why she was acting a little wild. Yeah. But it's definitely like, child. Blythe, let me tell you something, Violet. You cannot last two seconds in a room with Cecilia or Etta. Oh, which no. is Blythe's mom who knocked out a tooth and Etta's mom who locked a bitch in a pickle basement. In a pickle okay. basement! Okay, so you want to run with where our, where our blood really comes from. I'm the nice one. I'm trying to break generational curses and you finna make me break your neck. <laughs> Literally. No. she Violet does the neck breaking around here. <laughs> Obviously. Go to hell. Um, so yeah, Blythe did take it a little deep, but then she cared for Gemma and she's like, yeah, yeah, she you really had an assailant like in your home and yeah. I birthed her and I want to warn you. And then there's Gemma a colonial woman on the wing of the. And she's that's turning. How she's, she's dressed in colonial clothes and she's turning butter. I'm trying to tell you. Mm. Um, so Gemma has a son with Fox and Blythe is trying to. Finally, the jig is up, which was so embarrassing. I almost cringed. Yes. That whole oh scene. my god. What at the coffee shop? When everybody no. found out that oh, when he was standing outside. Yeah. So what? How she mm. stalks her is she goes to like a mommy class, parent, yeah, a parenting, parenting class, class. like a, a mom speakers and shit. That sounded this Upper East Side <laughs> shit. That's the setting. If you didn't know by the names Blythe and Fox, we're in the Upper East Side of New York here. Okay. So they uh, she stalks this woman at these like meetings for moms at on like a Wednesday or Tuesday night, and after months 
of evading it, Fox is picking his wife Gemma up, and Gemma insists that her new friend who, mm-hmm. I, who has I don't did she have a line she lied about her name right obviously yeah, yeah I, I forget like, what the name was it was so. something really basic yeah. like Mary or some shit mm-hmm. um, like come meet my husband come meet my husband Blake was saying she couldn't get out of it I would have found a way She's, they locked eyes before she even sat under a fucking table <laughs> she locked eyes with him they I would have took the other. wig off it would have been like <laughs> <laughs> you get the limo well friend <laughs> nah but Fox actually played it really cool though he did. He could have like, blew that shit shake up. shake her hand and say, like, nice to meet you. And then he they could have blew it up. No, I'm telling you, I would have never been in I front of his face. I no. really would have been like, she's like, come meet him. I'm like, listen, bitch. <laughs> she just <laughs> smacked him. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> she tried to go to the bathroom, too. And she's like, no. I am not going through that level of no. embarrassment. <laughs> not smack Jim <laughs> You know, Todd. I'm sorry, right Jim. I got to do it. Bitch, move. Shut up. You know, I was like a boo bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Not I would have ran through the back inch door and oh ran down the street. I could have not faced that. I was so embarrassed for black no, I, reading it. I had to stop reading that part. I thought my anxiety was high. When I, I was like, Me wait. too. I was like, I need no, to breathe. Run, bitch. Run. <laughs> I need do to not breathe. do this. I think they all handled it with grace. Because play did. Like, sometimes if you they go that really far, did. you got to own it. You she do. She just stayed in character. You do. Hello. Oh. Like yeah, that was that was a lot for me. That was really oh bad. my gosh! So but I really felt for her in that moment too, though, because Gemma, even though, which is also why I think she became some sort of obsessed a little bit, because Violet is a little bitch. She would drop little breadcrumbs, like she would be like. Mm-hmm. First off, Violet was the first person who even brought up Gemma, because remember they were having that. She went to lunch, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Oh, we, I went to lunch with Daddy and a friend," and it was like, "What's her name?" And she was like, "Gemma." So she, first off, Violet keeps dropping breadcrumbs. Fox said nothing. I don't know what this girl looked like. I don't know what she sound like. You're having her around my child, even mm-hmm. though Violet can't her own. And that's what. Okay. <laughs> you're having her around my child, and I know absolutely nothing. And then Violet would be like, "Oh, did you hear such and such?" And then. Um, Blythe would be like what and then Blythe would be like oh never mind like you're playing this game with me and I still don't know nothing so I get where she where she went with it but they actually became really friends though I, I really know. think Blythe really liked her she, no, did, she, she did. cared for her because she was telling her keep your kid away keep your womb away from my kid Trying. I can't so control her and her child. dad will always side with her and he did um, but that was interesting I right? cannot yeah. wait for the hopefully part two y'all because after so i was saying after i finished the push i was on there just watching ashley on drain on youtube watching interviews of her because i'm like will it be a part two and they kept asking like Mm -hmm. in different interviews like will there be a sequel because we definitely left off with a very big cliffhanger y'all yeah Mm -hmm. and wait wait, by the way did y'all predict that because i did yes when she yeah, stole the I razor. Did. And I felt very, um, once again, a little evil inside me. I felt satisfied because I was like, yeah. no one wanted to believe my bitch Blythe. And too. unfortunately, now we have no choice but to believe her fucking fucks. So yeah. when it just happened, but I was no, just like, I feel like, like Fox mm. still won't. I feel I like he will like choose to mm-hmm. And what also makes it worse, because Violet is how old by now? Isn't she like, like 13? 13? Yeah, yeah, like, like she, can, she got muscle behind it now. Okay, Little's just, once again, sidebar jab. I was loving when um, Violet was getting bullied on, in school, too. I was like, <laughs> when yeah, she was at that bitch. high school trip or that trip. Mm-hmm. And they were all like, get away, weirdo. And it's like, because you're strange. Because you are. You're strange and you're a murderer. And they shouldn't, and they're not the mean people for wanting to talk to you because you are the killer. She's a serial what killer. What detail made you guys con- what confirmed for you, even if it was really early on the book, that hmm. Violet was the problem? 
Mm. No, I'm telling you, it was that scene when she was like, I don't like mommy. Like, okay. that, like that was for me because it's like, I don't feel like Blythe was really doing anything wrong. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, of course, the big one, we know. I don't want to give too much away of the book, the big, the push. That oh, was yeah. the one where I was like, mm-hmm. enough with this. Oh, yeah, child. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there is. Because there's like- a difference between, like, okay, my child's a little odd, my child's a little strange, mm-hmm. or like, we just be kind of having a little weird beef. But that's when I was like, all right, it's something wrong with her. I can't really think too much before then. The only thing I could think of is the push. I think that's when I was like, oh, she did that shit. Oh, okay. Well, the first one? Yeah, the first one. Yeah, the first one. Child, y'all. Oh, oh shit, yeah, y'all. She oh, y'all just get the book. No, fuck We're the trying not to, um, but it's who For me, it was actually early on. I don't know how early in the book it was, but when Violet was born and the author through Bliss Eyes said she was born with eyes as deep and dark as the ocean mm. and i just like something in my stomach said oh i just got chills mm. exactly right my body responded and i listened to it and i said oh all right now we're about to go on a journey it's absolutely <laughs> the kid but uh, oh my god y'all and wait at the end when i know we were all like in the dark when we read the last yeah, page yes. when she oh, when oh, that bitch was standing end. at the window and she mouthed she, I, 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 oh, girl. I was like ah! no i'm t- Y'all, it was See, like 2 a.m. in my living room in the dark. I was like, this psycho bitch. But is that real or was that fantasy? Was, was she real. dreaming that no, or was like, that real? In the beginning, she's describing, she's starting the book by saying, like, basically Blythe is up to her stalking again. Not really, but she's outside of their home. Yeah, Gemma's and she has his family. And she's watching them from their window and she sees the she sees Violet, she sees their son, she mm-hmm. sees them celebrating Christmas Eve. And she's just in her car, um in the snow reflecting and then she's telling us this story and then at the end we come into real time and she's saying like we see how she gets outside there she's trying to work on shit with violet but then when she goes and approaches to the door mm-hmm. it is reality and violet's seen her the whole fucking time because mm-hmm. um, violet's been through the door she's been to, through the curtain she's been doing stuff and like side-eyeing like i sense you're out there i see you um and then at the end like yeah that was just true and i thought you know i was like you know what i don't i wonder what i think violet is cracking though Unless, like, she just did it... Because, like, I feel like she could have held on to it longer to torture Blythe more. But Blythe was doing so well, I think she just had to just say, like... Yeah, I do just wonder torture her motive of, like, why would why she would say it? Because, yeah. like, this has been years at this point. It's like, what's the point of saying it now? But I'm wondering that's why she said it now. Well, maybe she, she already had something else set the fuck up. Yeah, true. She was like, yeah. I can let or, this one go. Or I, I feel like that one. would really push Blythe over the edge. Because this this whole thing, like, Blythe is crazy. And she yeah. made up the stuff. Because even when Jimma was like, she did not do it. Yeah. And I'm I like, Jimma, how the fuck? Yeah, that's what I was like, Jimma. Okay, you about to see what's under this bitch. You about to see what's under this wig, Jimma. Oh, nah, for real. I'm like, Gemma, I, and so that's why. wasn't even there. I'm like, Gemma, you don't even fucking know. You yeah. don't even know. <laughs> you don't know what we've been through. How dare you? Oh, no. Yo. But no, that makes it even more creepy because I definitely thought she was like dreaming that. So what the fuck no. was she holding? Was y'all got to read this book, y'all. I got to read the book. The I got to reread. I'm going to read the beginning and the end. The push. Ask y'all drain, y'all. Oh. Now, did, last my last question. Do y'all think there was a little undertone to lead the reader to question, was Violet, if she was normal at all, was this coming from emotional rejection? Remember, she was like, you love Sam more. You never loved me the oh, same. Yeah. Dude, did y'all believe that part? No. 
Me neither. That bitch is psycho. <laughs> you are even emotionally manipulating that. How dare you? <laughs> you know, damn well you don't care yeah, about that bitch is psycho. <laughs> you don't care if I care about you. you want but us I for me. Like part, but it's also and it's it's which makes my mind like your mind swirl because it's like, is she really psycho? Because she did have moments where I feel like she was really connected with Blake, but is that part of her game? Are we right. going to tell the, the game of like, all right, I'm gonna be friends with you and love damn, you? Because it's like you're so young, like how are yes. you like a sociopath? That's like it's like, like mm-hmm. how did? But then because that's what also I'm like. Because like, I think I would put her in the psychopath category because she oh, there was yeah. enjoyment to it. She would ask shit like, yeah, is this going to work? Shit, yeah, yeah. Oh damn, she yeah, she was being creepy as and fuck. She kept doing it like she just liked it. But I think yeah. for me, it was just the fact of how it was the she enjoyment was. Right. even when everything happened with the second push mm-hmm. and, and she, she was like blank and like so whatever blank. about like it a sociopath is gonna be they're gonna no make emotional emotion. decisions less calculation yeah. like, damn this little bitch but then that's, that's also like, like the nature versus but also the nature versus yeah. nurture because also we come from a line of people with lots of issues mm-hmm. but no none of them were like that no no but but i mean it was more like deep depre- but it was more deep depression yeah what, what i seen like from her mom because she was always in a bed taking all those pills yeah. like she never really talked she was like just irritable and like a bitch mm-hmm. for me i got just more like depression yeah. but from the mom and, i got i mean grandma grandmom Etta as well is that what you i got depression yeah, but she too. had a loss right so it starts with the great yeah. grandmother having she and none of these people are alive in real time they're just like blips bringing them to the um reading readers to kind of have some background but first it starts with Etta, her her grandmother mm-hmm. the author's grandmother yeah what's the what is it when you're protagonist oh yeah uh, mm-hmm. like her grandmother and she was pretty typical and normal until she had a she suffered a severe loss in a relationship mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and Ugh. then she was pregnant by that loss and somebody else swooped in and decided to like Ra- raise like, cecilia who is life's mom mm-hmm. and etta had just cracked like she never came back from yeah. losing that person in her life and losing that life that she wanted um, and it seemed mm-hmm. like that person generally loved her so I get it mm-hmm. it was an accident oh yeah and he was supposed to be like a doctor mm-hmm. but he, her dad was like no he needs to learn how to work this farm and then he yeah, died on the dad. farm it was her dad so because, it was traumatic yeah. starts with mad shocker <laughs> but um and then Etta can't raise Cecilia her stepdad's trying to do the best he can but it's just like wrong left and right um mm-hmm. and then eventually Etta kills herself mm-hmm. and then um and Cecilia cruel to Cecilia too she was but she was cracking too like she was cracking like kind of like fucking Violet she had moments where she would lock this bitch in places and beat her ass and then be like I'm sorry or I love you like with the, mm-hmm. was that the dress wasn't that her with the dress situation? no that was Cecilia Etta was kind of oh. more checked out depressed and she would only like do stuff when like the husband was around. Oh, Cecilia, yeah. Um, and she locked her. She locked Cecilia in a yeah. pickle thing. And she I had the nerve to be like, she I meant said, to come back and get you. Yeah, she was like, I meant to come back for you. Yeah. And but fast forward, Blythe meant to come back for a Violet when she was yeah. crying. And then Cecilia is. I, I feel Ooh, actually, I even though Cecilia is a hot mess, I feel for her because one, who she was raised, but how she was raised, yeah. and then also she. If you peeped, she had run away and she almost created the life she wanted for herself and mm-hmm. then she finds out she's fucking pregnant mm-hmm. and so that person that she was pregnant by is like this is great because like Cecilia sounded like a 10 you heard how they mm-hmm. were describing yeah, her yeah it was describing yeah. her as a bad okay. bitch yeah. I was like okay Cecilia okay. <laughs> and she gets pregnant by the first like bellhop she meets mm-hmm. and he's like oh I'm coming up and he like wants to take care of her wants to take care of this baby and so he kind of goes with it and hates it and mm-hmm. she kind of knew she would and she did she didn't make it that long but like her she definitely had like trauma responses where she would put her hands on life lock her in places 
actively not want to show up for yeah, school she, she just was, never wanted to she be was that. more of a bitch like yeah. i think like you're saying well, I, Edda, feel I feel like her. no i, I definitely feel because i never know actually, no i didn't i feel like <laughs> i felt more for Edda, but i did feel like lost. yeah i did feel like cecilia was just being more cruel because i think about even like the dress thing when she mm-hmm. made the dress mm-hmm. i was just like Bro, like I would just stop talking to her. And Blythe kept trying. I mean, yeah, no, Blythe actually, kept trying Edda to made do- the dress for Cecilia. Oh wait, am I mixing? Mm-hmm. I thought it was Cecilia made the dress for Blythe. No. Okay. Okay. Opposite, mm-hmm. but it's very. It is, but it, because they're jumping in timelines, it can get tricky. I think everyone that reads it kind of is like, okay, who whose story are we talking about right now? Yeah. But Cecilia, one thing I it is like terrible is she left when she was eleven, and she left with another man, mm-hmm. and she only saw. Blythe again because the other man called her back um to come see her kid yeah because um, he thought like oh yeah you want to see your kid like mm-hmm. and didn't know like it was going to be very weird very <laughs> uncomfortable like, but there was an undertone to that too because Celia had left that man and he was like well the only way I'm gonna get her back is by arranging mm. arranging her kid here and then like she um she never saw her afterwards and she didn't even like act like she left her she was just like here's the tour <laughs> and mm-hmm. then never saw her since um so that was kind of trying to show off messed up um, yeah. and Blythe you know I think Blythe was I guess the most semi-normal she was just trying her best mm-hmm. she had found what m- most kids do like a pseudo family to eat with mm-hmm. to, she had some oh, outlets what was the name of the black family I don't remember the name of them either start with an H but black mom's gonna hold it down and she sure did shout out to them uh, her Being, she noticed that she noticed that Cecilia was the fuck off mm-hmm. and was giving that baby some food yes. and letting her stay Shelter. there and being kind to her and affirming her. But then I think if we look into those, just like the genetics of it all and how like our bodies tell the story or keep the score and like mm-hmm. literally within ourselves hold trauma, I would not be surprised if we look at longitudinal studies of and research in psychopaths if like mental health and depression goes two, three four generations back and then birth something like that like mm-hmm. Blythe was lucky but was it inevitable that Violet was going to be like yeah. this because of so much mm-hmm. I'm telling y'all that quote in the beginning of the book like stuck with me because I believe it is very much that epigenetics of like we are nothing but a culmination of our mother our mm-hmm. grandmother our great-grandmother because mm-hmm. like those eggs that were stored in you know our grandmother's bodies like that's where we metastasize and into and so like the things that these individuals have like been through they do in some ways like live with us and they do some ways kind of like manifest in in certain ways i'm like child my family Mm -hmm. to fuck me up (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i think on the more extreme ends we can speak about it when there are visible disabilities, right? Mm-hmm. When a kid has um, like alcohol syndrome, or like yeah. there's mm-hmm. in utero drug use, people talk about or abuse in the relationship. Like we are, there's science to it now, and we're catching up. But the smaller, silent ways of like how depression is carried through families, yeah. how anxiety mm-hmm. is carried through families, and maybe it's because it takes a little longer to look present. But it matters whether mm-hmm. it's severe substance use or you're just having a, a very tumultuous pregnancy um, or like Todd said, and I had said that on the podcast before, um, we are starting our nervous systems in our grandmother's mm-hmm. womb at that four-month mark. Because mm-hmm. at four months, that's when you um, your body is going to be one of the two biological genders. And if it's a girl, she gets her eggs mm-hmm. in her mother's body at her mother's four-month pregnancy mark. Mm-hmm. So technically violet was created when cecilia was four months pregnant with Blythe, Mm -hmm. and those cells were 
in there raising hell. Mm. Right. They experienced everything. Out their child. Silently. But, but then so is Sam. Sam, the second baby, was also born in Cecilia. So, yeah. you know, it really is just the luck of the draw. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Or unluck. <laughs> Depends on how right. you look oh, at it. That was a so great. I mean, we all this turned into a movie. I, I'm, I'm here would for like that. Room into a movie. Yeah, I, I want to. I'm definitely look. I'm hoping for a second book. Ashley Audrain, if you can hear this anywhere, <laughs> I don't know where you are. If you're upstate New York or something on a beach, she definitely gives luxurious because yeah, she says she wrote this like yeah. And she was like on a dock of her bay or whatever the fuck. Ashley, wherever you are hear this and know we want more <laughs> we would like a part two i want to know what's going to happen after this and i would be okay if it ended that way though because i if could already to, create my own I would like it if I, I know where it's going i would love a part two to like hear what she would like read what she would want to do but i could create life deserves revenge mm-hmm. but the, i I kind of just want to see Fox and Jim eat shit too. Yeah, that's what I, I want to see. I want to see I her have her moment. <laughs> I want Blake to I have her be like, "Oh, so mm, what's going on with y'all situation?" Maybe even a little gaslighting, like, "Are you sure?" Yeah. I want her. To, I want Doesn't to do sound that. like something she'd do. Mm. <laughs> really? She killed someone. <laughs> oh. Really? And that's the thing. We don't know what happened. We just know something. That's happened. what I want. I would to like to know what happened. I, I think. You have that. Is it gonna play too much? Well, we can cut it out. I'll um. We say that we know. I was about to say that. That's what I just told myself yesterday. I need to stop saying that on the mic because we never cut it the fuck out. Um, but when she, I think she poisoned him. Remember, she was asking her about the poison in the basement. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I think she poisoned. Yeah, that little. So I think she poisoned him. But she didn't confirm that he died. She just said something right. happened. Right. So that's why so I'm that's like, is he even happened. dead? Something happened to Jet. First of all, stop with these fucking names, okay? <laughs> Jet, Bliff, Fox. I mean, Gemma, it does sound fun to say. I'll give her that I one. Like, yeah, I, I like, like Gemma. 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 <laughs> but, yeah. So I can create it. But I Now you guys are part of our book club. Yes. yes. <laughs> we recommend. Right. Um, and that's us. Holding, holding space. space. said that the other day i would watch jenna i would watch a rom-com with jennifer any day her music i I do like i saw enough come up on the tv and oh that's on netflix again oh enough yeah oh is it netflix or hulu it's netflix okay i'm not gonna watch she looked bad as shit like when she was Whooping, her what you was training to whoop bitches? <laughs> training to whoop his ass. You know what? Yeah, no, she looked great. Like, she oh, just, she. I feel like she's still dropping them like every freaking um year. She has another one on Amazon called Shotgun Wedding. As long as she stays in her lane, that's where she belongs. That's where she belongs. You know, that's one of my favorite um J Lo films is Monster in Law. Yeah. yeah. Funny as shit. Yeah, we love our Jane. Put your hair down, looking like a fucking cockatoo. <laughs> I love that movie. Wanda Sykes was in there. Yes, Wanda was tearing Jane Fonda alive. Yes. No, Monster and Law. I'm about to watch that. Jane she's done a lot of crimes to humanity, but it wasn't Monster and Law. Wasn't. I give her a rom com every time. Wait, what song was she just singing? I think I sent it to you. They were, they were like, they were like, I admire J Lo. Her not having any talent never stopped her from achieving her dreams. <laughs> but Correct. she was singing like a very like deep song. Like, wasn't oh, what she gosh, sang for the she's um? Embarrassing. Was it the? It's not the Let's Get Loud. No, it was slow. <laughs> Let's get loud. You are not loud enough. 
No, it was like such a deep song. Like I want to say like a Celine Dion song or something. Oh, oh gosh, she's so embarrassing. But oh. I don't know either. How's this picture? Her Wait, you don't like that? those pictures of Ashanti like singing where her mouth be like wide as fuck, and they like what, what Ashanti song ever would call for like your mouth to be like that? Yes. Same thing with J Lo doing the Let's Get Loud. Very it's like much. that song did not deserve that. It did. It did not deserve that, and we did not deserve that. <laughs> we as citizens, we deserve better. Did not deserve her to do that. Y'all know I'm gonna stick with Mariah every time. Because like, Mariah's gonna carry a note every time. Diamond. She was singing sing bright shine bright like a What? J Lo. I gotta send it to you guys. Please do. Oh, Alright, no. take a deep breath. They just almost <laughs> came across the table. Cause what do you mean? She was literally. Why? Well, maybe maybe because like, you know, Rihanna her I voice is like I feel like she could maybe make but J-Lo I just don't know why don't she know. was singing that. J Lo, but the thing is on J Lo's Instagram, Hold she on, is she's staying a vocal um it off. <laughs> it sounds good so far. <laughs> it's so too soon. It's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's live too, you know? I just don't know why she was singing it. Is this a concert or something? You know, JLo does not deserve the notoriety that she has for her voice. Like it's very like whatever, but you know it didn't sound bad. But like her voice is just basic. When you receive the money that you should, you should have a more notable voice. Yeah. Or just stop stealing black women's voices on your fucking tracks and making credit off of it. And I think like, that's what it really is. And my real beef is her teaming up with Tommy Mottola to try to destroy Mariah Carey as a fellow Bitch, Aries. As if you ever could, right? But JLo's a Leo. And I don't mm. have a problem with Leo. It's like, girl, you shouldn't have joined, you shouldn't have gotten that beef. That was they, the couple's business. beef. And you got into it, and now you got a beef with Aries, which means you have a foe for life. And Mariah always let her know, bitch, I don't like you. Yeah, she I mean, does. like, they, like, fire signs, like, Leo's and Aries are both going to shine. But if it has to get down to the nitty gritty, Leo's are good at shining, not fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Aries is down with the nitty gritty. I know, gritty. I feel like I've never heard um, J-Lo say a bad thing about Mariah. But have I you heard of Mariah say a bad thing about J-Lo? She gonna say, fuck that That's bitch. That's a good point. Jayla like every I, time. Jayla has never said a bad thing. About I don't her. think Jayla has ever even has she even said anything about Mariah. I don't think yeah, that she should because she bad. knows she's wrong. Well, yeah. And listen, I mean, I don't know but where Mariah, as far as, I don't know. know what the J Lo stands are called or if she has stands, but <laughs> I don't. They, they don't. <laughs> hey, yo, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but they do not want the. Oh yeah, they don't Lamely want to be. after them. Yeah, okay, no. they and know the trick. In case you were wondering, Impacts J Lo is not the topic of discussion. <laughs> no, <today>. but <laughs> we're playing a doing a play off of her ex's um, last album, not last album, but Drake. I love you, not Drake. You, I love you until I, until I. You know what? Don't play with me. We are talking about Love a Girl's Guide to Boundaries today. Ew. Please, I feel like because it's Love a Girl, not the regular <laughs> Mr. Lover. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you see it in Reiki on us? Okay, we're getting very international this episode. We oh, are. Like, would you guys consider yourself lover girls? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Oh, well, duh. Do y'all even have to ask me that question? Mm-hmm. Would you guys consider me a lover girl? I do. <laughs> okay, Mahia. Are we doing this on scales or is it just yes or no? 
You know what? If you gotta ask Libra, <laughs> if it scales, if it scales, oh, if it scales, like who's the most out of all of us? I mean, yeah, I'm gonna be on the lowest, but I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Like, I just think it it comes right across per- that way. But yeah, but I think it takes the right person, which I think anybody. I can think say. it comes across that way, but I would say like Todd knows me. I would put my I'm a more of a lover girl than you, Markia. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? No, I would give you that because when we were in college. I was about to say, hold up, bitch. Don't out me now. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. But I remember specific things that you used to do when we were in college, and I would steal them. So <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, no, she gets the best ideas for stuff. She does. I, I actually, yeah. I do think, actually, can you shake the table? I do think T is more of a lover girl than you. I would agree. I would. But also, I think there's scales about what are we talking about. Like, because there's so many different yeah. aspects when it comes to, like, just being in intimacy with another person that i think that each of us maybe has like a special kind of way about it about it Mm -hmm. how do you show up as a lover girl i definitely i was just (laughs) i was just thinking about this because somebody was just like what you know when people were running me as what do you bring to the table and i'm like when someone asked i'm like i don't know right but then when i think about this i'm I'm just getting tabletop i am the table (laughs) i'm just like girl i just be existing i'm chill i'll be I'm, I'm fun right but when i really think about it like i feel like what i do bring is full-on like there's an engulfing where i'm like if someone i love and this is not just in a romantic relationship if i know someone cares about something i it becomes my mission as well i'm like mm-hmm. you want to do this thing and then mm-hmm. I'm just like I I just feel like I become like we're on it, we're on a mission. I'm like I guess I feel like I'm like a I'm a soldier. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I, if you care about something, I care about it just as much and I'm gonna be a complete advocate. I feel like definitely cheerleader vibes when it comes to just the people I love. I'm like I'm gonna definitely be like, You can do it, mm-hmm. you got it. I'm gonna be like, please don't doubt yourself because I don't doubt you. Mm-hmm. So just with anybody in my life so yeah like motivating how are you a lover girl the first thing when you first asked that question the first thing that came to my mind was just like the patience that i feel like i have of just which i feel like is shined over (laughs) my whole life but Mm -hmm. just the patience that i have to just allow you to figure it out and not interfere too much like i think i could put like tablets and like say certain things but i think i have the patience enough for you to figure it out on your own and know what you need and communicate that with me on what you need and how i can be there hmm hey what about you too i am i a lover girl or am i a simp because i just show up so differently (laughs) um i'm a lover girl in the ways that once i'm in i'm just so freaking excited to love on you Mm. and i i feel like i'm good at making someone i love and care about part of my life which is probably why i've been single so long because like i know once i'm in there like i have so much to give but Mm -hmm. i can't give all that um like i if the vibe's not there and right and if the communication and trust isn't there because i know like once the floodgates open like we're swimming baby mm-hmm. um and so like me being a lover girl it is just like honestly loving you and loving loving you mm-hmm. um, so if that means like celebrating you we're there if that means surprising you we're there if that means you know showing up for you in moments where you need it of course if it means like giving extra in moments where you got it that's mm-hmm. me too so 
just across all boards. I have a, a moment that I actually want to share. That's tea. It's a tea lover girls moment that she gave me an idea for that like sure. impressed my husband. <laughs> He's not listening because then he'll know where it came from. But a long time ago. When we first started dating, T gave me an idea that I should do a scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. I knew you were going <laughs> to say yep. that. I got the idea from her, too. <laughs> but, like, she, like, helped me kind of, like, execute this. And Kamal still talks about this, and he had no clue where it came from. Period. But it was from T. <laughs> she gave me the idea. It but felt yeah. good being at the wedding that day, too. <laughs> <laughs> we, we facilitated we locked it in. this connection. <laughs> Heading to the bar. <laughs> no, definitely, I feel like yours is also, like, a creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, your like, lover girl. That's where you thrive. Is creativity. Yeah. That's true. I like, do, sure. I like setting up stuff, like, painting in the house, like, nerf yeah. gun fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think, you know, we kind of started with, like, who's more of a lover girl? I don't come off that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm working on that, because in some ways, I really think... I saw this trope about a Virgo and it's so true. It was like Virgo. It was like those things that we see on Instagram, like the same post but with a different zodiac. And it's mm-hmm. like why you're not finding love. And it was like Virgo, stop making people go through these um, like hurdles of layers to find who you are to like give them a little bit more of you. Like mm-hmm. just be. So that's the chapter that I'm in. I'm just being. Um, but in general, I still find a balance of like when is it safe enough when does it feel safe enough to be that playful with somebody mm-hmm. yeah. no very fair and that's when i think about control <laughs> it's, it's real like it. being i guess i would definitely i feel like i consider myself very much a lover girl and i think because i do think that i don't know if guys would agree with this i don't know i just feel like i have a really enthusiastic approach to love as well i feel like yes i am i'm a human so i can be guarded and and things of that nature but i feel like i'm even open about the guards that come up yeah I'm like, mm-hmm. I, i'll say like i'm afraid or i'm worried girl that's or, why you got where you got that's <laughs> why you got that husband hello i and they know because i'm like this also i'm like mm-hmm. this in all my relationships mm-hmm. with my friends too if something mm-hmm. upsets me i'm like hey like i'm afraid or i'm nervous or i thought you would be upset with me like mm-hmm. but i guess because i just plunge into everything like in very like but sometimes, you know, I, I definitely am like a bleeding heart where it's just open. I'm like, I'm hurt or you hurt me or I feel this. Like, I'm just. I love I'm, that. I'm there. I'm working to get there. <laughs> Same girl. I didn't know that I wasn't there until I went to therapy and I realized that I'm not there. <laughs> Cheers. So, vulnerability sucks. It, I say that to my clients it's all hard. the time. It is. And you don't realize how hard until you are called out for not doing it and you realize that you're not. You're not. Yeah, shout out to Brene Brown. I can't believe she lived her whole life working on vulnerability and change. I love mm. uh, Brene. Love me some Brene. <laughs> Could not. Love me some Brene. Brene, I owe you probably a check because I, I Yo, love I'd be her like, so all here's, the time. Here's therapy. your homework this week. You're going to watch this on Netflix. You're going to read this book and you're going to report back. And we're going to talk about how vulnerability is bravery. I miss her podcast too. And mm-hmm. during quarantine, her podcast got me through. When it ended, I was like, Brene! Mm. Brene. Also, I just love like the Texas flair name, Brene. I know. I, yeah, that's my white aunt. I love you. <laughs> I feel like y'all just be definitely you claiming that? on. Mm-mm. You gotta find her. She's yeah, great. You gotta find. She has like a whole bunch of TED talks and stuff too. But she had like a podcast that I think is like the easiest mm-hmm. one to mm-hmm. to get in contact. How long ago with. did it end? I feel like it ended like two. 
maybe like, out. like the beginning, maybe end of 2021, beginning of 2022. Okay, that's not that far off. I can yeah. find it. And I kind of like that too because you're not going to be overwhelmed with um, mm-hmm. I also, Oh, yeah, I told y'all to listen to the read. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> After years of y'all telling me to listen to the read. I'm not going to say anything about that. But okay, then let's talk about where are the blind spots to being a lover girl sometimes and why lover girls i mean we all need boundaries so we're just joking with the name but like where we can find ourselves needing to put in boundaries or we may struggle with boundaries we have a more formal episode of actual clinical ways to Mm -hmm. handle interpersonal effectiveness and boundaries is a part of that but today we just wanted to make it lighter and and have like the chit chat um sorry guys if y'all hear me sipping my tea too it's my emotional support tea (laughs) but yeah i mean one we'll talk about it on the couch but anywhere where you guys know you want to talk about where you've improved with boundaries oh my gosh like world world changing changes in my boundaries i think um but also it comes with when you're with other like healthy people it's easier to um, yeah. <laughs> yeah to work boom <laughs> <laughs> you gotta also be with a healthy person right um i used to really struggle with my boundaries and especially when you're when you're already working on trying to be okay with saying no or being okay with letting mm-hmm. people down and then you're with people who are kind of manipulative about that which in past relationships they were like that it's like mm-hmm. i already really struggle with saying no and you also really struggle with hearing no mm-hmm. it just led to like a yes. a freaking shit storm of yeah. just like really struggling with boundaries and i think now being in a relationship where when someone's like do you want to do something and they're like just like it's okay if you say no i'm mm-hmm. like oh that's interesting like i <laughs> i find it easier now to say it and also i find it much easier when other people even outside of romantic relations say it to me as well i'm like oh, okay well they didn't want to do it like it's fine mm-hmm. so i feel like my boundaries with other people are getting much better and then also my boundaries in, with myself and just how i interact with people are a lot better but definitely saying no um, I think also, like, I would say boundaries, too, in the emotional sense of, like, having... I used to think relationships were all-encompassing. Like, my life is just, like, being with that person. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like boundaries with me has been learning also how to create a separate life for myself, too. And how actually viewing it as something that's actually really helpful to my relationships. If, like, I have healthy friendships, I have healthy familiar relationships how just those boundaries that like my world isn't just one person um, has been so helpful Uh, i think that's the season i'm in of learning that like you are still not that i didn't think i was but you are still an individual person outside of this twosome like Mm -hmm. you still need to foster yourself you still need to make sure that you're doing the things that you enjoy outside of being with this person because i think in a little bit t i'm like you in terms of like i'm all in so like what do you need how can i help like what can i do to make this better how can i do that and because I do that, all my energy is into that. So what energy do I have for me? Am I watering myself? What do I need to be okay? What do I need to be, you know, in the space? And I think that's what my new boundary now is of like, okay, I don't have to speak to you every hour of the day. I don't have to talk to you every minute. How can I like put myself in there so that I'm still feeling good in this relationship? Girl, your Scorpio rising hit that well because <laughs> on the surface we see you with your friends, we see you with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, you have multiple friend groups, like yeah. always with family and 
romantically too so i didn't even know that was something that you were being reflective of which i didn't know until i started being reflective and i'm like well you think the solo dates mark he's been doing solo dates yeah. you've been making content like i think it's, you're spending a lot of time in with yourself what is what has that done i think that's exactly what it is it's just knowing that like because like friends it's so with my boyfriend i will talk to him literally more so i split it up with my day so like i'll talk to him in the morning before i start my day i'll talk to him on my break and then i'll talk to him when my day is over my profession is talking mm. so Child. i'm also not getting mm-hmm. any time of just being silent like i'm talking to you or all day in between my days too yeah so i think in that not doing that as much in doing my content and being reading more and just being in my own space i'm noticing that like oh no i can also get energy from just being in my own corner and not needing to foster all these relationships 24 mm-hmm. 7 yeah. we got a rule in our house that is no talking the first like <laughs> half hour that we come in the house mm-hmm. <laughs> i love it i like it for, yeah. but for that purpose as like a wind down because we both like obviously it's a little different but we both spend all day talking Mm -hmm. so like when we first come in the house we're like hi like of course like hi but then we immediately like unwind get undressed like you Mm -hmm. know take a shower whatever and then like we'll sit down for dinner and that's when we're like okay Mm -hmm. commence talking (laughs) but like i think just like a moment just to get yourself together especially i feel like it has been really helpful for me mm-hmm. because like especially depending on if you have like a really intense day it's like i don't want to come in and instantly kind of like push all of that on someone else because it can be <laughs> yeah. really bad yeah. Yeah. so i'm like i just need a moment collect myself collect my thoughts and of course like it's usually more necessary on like really heavy days but mm-hmm. it's just like a moment just to gather yourself like let me put my bags down let me like put away my tubware let me just all right and then we'll like come and be like okay i'm ready mm-hmm. i'm like refreshed but yeah and then that, that's like a a norm that's not like an intentional thing or is it intentional it has been intentional because i think also like it's been times where we notice like you need a break or like it's been more me because i'm like really wound up or like you know our jobs it can be a lot where mm-hmm, i'm like mm-hmm. i need this moment to kind of just like get myself together and not have my day spill into like our house yeah especially yeah. because we're such a um, we're holding a container for other people all day so like we got to come in and remember be ourselves mm-hmm. remember like that is what i do but that's not just who i am yeah mm-hmm. yeah that can be really hard but like boundaries i have worked on are just honestly they sound simple but like yes being reflected or just spending time in with myself but boundaries at night and in the morning when i'm like in relationships like they mm-hmm. don't have to be the first thing i'm um, paying attention to and mm-hmm. they i don't have to go to sleep when they're sleeping mm-hmm. like my day doesn't start and end with somebody else um or um in that nature in that way and it's honestly been so good for me i, I love waking up with just time with myself like who have my high power is and then myself that's who i meet and greet in the morning and it makes me be better in my job and in my relationships because i'm more present also um, i would like to explore my next relationship the um boundaries around balance like what you guys are saying because mm-hmm. you guys get a lot of my time now <laughs> because i don't split it that mm-hmm. i mean i have a bunch of friend groups and i am there for my family a lot but other than that um it's very easy for me but when my heart is leading i want to be around mm-hmm. my partner. like quality time is my oh. love language and yes. i'm not i'm not somebody that needs to be in their t-shirt but hearing from them being with them i think sometimes i always prioritize that so i'm like oh if we will have want to do something saturday but my friends want to do something saturday in the past i'm i'm always want to prioritize my partner when it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be that way and the boundary may be more healthy for me to be like actually i think 
even though I want to be with you, of course, and like we can make time. We spent every Saturday together this month. Maybe mm-hmm. I should. Maybe this will benefit that, us as yeah. well. That's yep. usually my idea. Because like, it's never okay. like I don't want to hang out with my mm-hmm. friends. That's never it. And I'm not. Perhaps I'm sounding like one of those girls that just gets in a relationship and leaves her friends. I don't. Um, no, not at all. Yeah, thank you. Bow no. for me. Bow <laughs> for me. No, mm-hmm. I've never <laughs> seen that. But it, it can be what my heart wants versus what my soul needs. Yeah, but I think, and exactly. I think maybe because you would typically you would try to make all of them work and run yourself into the ground. Also yeah. true. Because it's like <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to balance all of them and then now you're like, and I haven't slept for so. <laughs> so me. Yeah, yeah, it is. And even for myself, I think that's something I've been learning too is like also with that balance and boundaries is leaving time and space for me. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to be a good friend, a good family member, a good wife, but then also it's just like, okay, but I have not mm-hmm. done anything for myself and Y'all know, like, for me, February was really busy. For So for March, I'm like, I'm not trying to have much on my calendar because I just needed, like, rest. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the part of that balance, too, is just, like, working on all the relationships that I have in my life, including the one with myself. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. yeah and that's why i struggle because y'all know i'm i want to be in your skin i'm oh, yeah 10 times above quality time like i want to be with you all the time and i think that's where i need to draw the line too so oh that's what i'm learning but it feels good nose. though i didn't know that i needed it i know i'm definitely not like that i'm like <laughs> all right bye i'm done talking or like we're not talking about nothing i'm definitely love that people. when it's like silence i'm like alright bye like, I love I'm being not, on the phone it's just quiet like oh, hey. I don't know about that <laughs> yeah I'm not that person at all no I do not feel well in the beginning yeah but now no I love like we're just we're, the conversation literally just dies and we're just there and I'm like I'm here <laughs> I hate that oh my god that like gave me like a heart pop I'm like <laughs> get me out but that's what i need to though because that's what i'm like all right you're not even conversing anymore you could be fostering yourself you could be taking yourself on a date or finish reading that book like Mm -hmm. you don't have to just sit on the phone just to listen to each other breathe like you can hang up Mm -hmm. or or go to sleep i like that one right i'm saying like i used to and again it's like what my heart wants because it's like likes you Mm -hmm. but it's just like girl but this is what we need and we'll like that too and we'll be better next the next day and the next week when you're rested um yeah so i think i look at my heart space as just my inner child like with inhibitions but no like structure yeah. mm-hmm. um, and my mind is like all right girl i do think though it's a natural part of being especially new in a relationship yeah. i feel like when that time does come like if you're like no i want to be with my man my man my man i'm like <laughs> go ahead girl go ahead because eventually of course like the novelty just with the human experience is going to be like all right i feel like I, my cup is full from this so now i can start to water the other parts mm-hmm. in my life again because like you do need to spend some time like really diving into that mm-hmm. relationship to some extent and i do think it's just a natural part for you to kind of like duck off a little bit for some time i think that's really natural like how will you guys foster that like you know so I think a part of it is normal, but then once you're like, okay, I feel like we really are fostering something, I feel really secure here, now I can be like, all right, bye-bye, I'm gonna go to brunch with my friends, love Mm -hmm. you, and then kind of like take some time now where we have more space to go back to the other relationships that are already fostered and already secure, and you know, so. In your experience, could could you share any differences that you see in um, maybe developing boundaries or upholding boundaries now that you've moved into marriage? Is it easier? Is it lighter? Is are things more unspoken, or do you have to do just as much communication and check in? 
I feel like just because we already did that work before mm -hmm. marriage that everything is kind of just transitioned to it's pretty much the same but mm -hmm. it was a lot of work beforehand and I think um I don't know I still I still think because we're what like six ish months into it like we're mm -hmm. we're getting used to even just like that title and what that means to us so I still think of like okay like I'm a wife Period. what does that but what but like what does that mean so i feel like i'm still trying to understand my own identity in it mm -hmm. and i think you know vice versa for him as well it's like i know we have a connection i know obviously we have a really loving bond but i guess we're still like in real time trying to figure out what that looks like because for me i'm like i guess some things have to change but i don't feel like they do mm -hmm. like if i give an example to y'all like my grandmom as a recent she has barely been calling me and i called her one day i'm like mama why don't you call me she like cause you're a wife now and i don't mm -hmm. want to bother y'all mm -hmm. and i know you're probably making dinner for him or something i'm like mama <laughs> what the hell because i'm married now i'm dead <laughs> okay or you can't call me no but i don't know if you notice tell me if you like notice among your friends like i don't hit you up after a certain time well sometimes unless it's chaotic but yeah. I'm, really, I'm like oh okay it's lights out they're in bed <laughs> she's with her man and i'm like yeah. what changed from now from september like nothing no i feel like there is a change like me yeah. and natalia can call each other at two in the morning i mean i guess you could you could still call me but and i would answer but you know it's just respect because yeah for the extension of the person you're with too i wouldn't want to wake y'all up y'all have a routine that's what i'm trying to say mm -hmm. and now i'm not gonna lean into grammy although she loves me <laughs> <laughs> me and todd's grandmother's relationship <laughs> is hilarious toxic hilarious she loves she is the one not the two you're gonna want to learn the hard way but yeah much love to her but um, i don't have like the traditional sense of she's cooking for him <laughs> but mm -hmm. i do have the sense of they're enjoying quality time together and so like i do hit you up most any time but i feel like if it's too late it can wait till morning versus mm -hmm. like natalia i'm like yo bitch <laughs> yeah no i get it and i guess even with that i have i guess there's a sense of like me understanding that maybe the outside world is looking at me in a different way where i'm like i feel like nothing has changed but but i i guess even having these types of conversations even with my grandma I'm like i've had to reinforce several times since that conversation mm -hmm. But just yesterday, she called me, and I was like, thank you. <laughs> so she's starting to understand. See, she's vocal. I love how Todd really just speaks on it, and, like, she gets your, her needs met, even yeah. if it's, like, has to be vulnerable. Um, but, you know, what? I'm noticing that, too. I want to be better with uh, just keeping the friend, like, not putting my own assumptions on the friendship. Because same with Sid. She's married, mm -hmm. and there's times where I'm like, okay, they're, like, in their routine. And she very much is, but you guys know what's enough. You guys can hold boundaries and say... I won't reply or whatever and I love that me and Sid do voice notes and I'm like girl ain't he next to you she's like I got my, my ear pod in <laughs> fuck that yeah. <laughs> what we on <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna do better at showing up and letting you guys hold whatever boundary you need to mm -hmm. yeah yeah. I'm about to be pissed <laughs> no I was gonna say yeah that is true that like 9 times out of 10 if she is asleep or they're doing something she could just not respond and y'all know then that's just my sleepy ass anyway if I was right. asleep it had nothing to do with that it's just the fact that my ass was just answer when I wake up but right. I, yeah I feel like but I don't know and I think once again I think as like we're all transitioning into these new stages in life too it's like we have to define these things for what we want it to look like because like what my grandma pictures marriage how my mom and dad picture marriage 
I don't know like what this culmination will fully look like for us, but it does seem like we're kind of making our own little mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. monster of a, a thing. We're like maybe it's some aspects, but it kind of feels like we're like winging it and doing this shit however <laughs> it makes sense for us. So I'm this like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't but know what's gonna happen. What our boundaries are yet? To the original point of like, do you feel like you established boundaries before marriage? You said like, yeah. Like I don't feel like that's something we have to you know work on um as intentionally as before and i think that is my expectation of people before you go into a marriage like boundaries are something that should be Mm -hmm. clear understood respected upheld enough um to the point where you can say i do yeah i definitely think and that's something i talk about even with clients in therapy like i just noticed a pattern because like and i guess that's what started this relationship we talked about our boundaries way Mm -hmm. early 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 into the relationship or like what we want out of life what we want from this relationship what our expectations and i do notice a lot of couples like don't have these conversations especially on reality tv child i be watching like <laughs> how are they like one year into marriage like wait you only want one kid yeah and i'm like that is why. y'all what the fuck yeah. is going on like what you, are y'all talking what are you, about right i'm like so y'all just be in the house doing what <laughs> like not speaking yeah rubbing not each other saying what you want <laughs> I feel like these things, like these, especially these important types of things, are like this is how I want it to look. Like this is what I'm basing my structure off of. Like these are my models. Like I feel like they should be talked about really early, so mm-hmm. you know where you align, where you don't, so that we can kind of make this make sense. Because we did a lot of, of course, and we just starting, but like I feel like a lot of the tweaking happened. Like some of the major tweaking happened like a while ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good expectation to have. Yeah, I was going to say that's good. That means you guys had the important conversations, which led you to marriage. You guys had the good conversations that worked out, communicated I'm like, well. all right, what makes sense? Right. It seems like it makes sense. Yeah. So. I'll let you about the ex thing. <laughs> nope. Found. How is this, but how does, how does this, tongue twister, how does this show up to, and like, on the couch, and how we talk about boundaries mm. and our our lover girls and boys that show up on in our office it's about creating or helping them to create boundaries which i think it is because i don't think i think first recognizing a boundary Mm -hmm. yeah sometimes people can feel really entitled to to be so involved in their partner's life Mm -hmm. um and i've seen that like in most of their relationships too not just their partners but they feel entitled to know where you're at what you're doing um or you know why they're not replying um, and then in other ways, not upholding their own boundaries, too. Like, mm-hmm. you, you didn't spend time in with yourself. You um, haven't really seen your family or friends lately. Um, or, you know, talking about emotional emotional boundaries, like, um, and what emotional boundaries really are, right? Like, mm-hmm. how maybe this is something you can only talk about when you feel comfortable talking about it. Maybe this is something you work to pause and take, take a moment to talk about it. Maybe this is something, like you guys want to talk about right in the moment um so like how you communicate with your partner when you have like emotional needs because there's emotional boundaries that come into all this as well not just social and proximal Mm -hmm. and i think also exploring with them and letting them know that boundaries can change too like that's what i'm thinking i'm like that's why it's the marriage thing but i think by the time you get to marriage you got a basis of what Mm -hmm. your partner needs and then if something was to happen then they may need to say like okay i need a it was refresher shit. Right? yeah we refresher. 
mm-hmm. pivot a little bit. Yeah. Because I mean, because that's what I mean. Definitely from relationship to marriage, but I think that relationships just change over the course of the years, yeah. the months, anyway. So if you maybe you were used to doing something a certain way and that doesn't sit well with you anymore, you were used to a certain way of communicating and it doesn't work anymore, and you want to change it. That's okay. Like your relationships are supposed to grow, so it's okay that things are a little bit changing. You don't feel the same way about something that you once did. Talk about it. You know, the person that you're with should be able to um, receive that and communicate that with you well. Yeah. I definitely know for me, like a clear cut sign sometimes in the intake that we might be really, I'm like, well, we're going to have to talk about boundaries. (laughs) Is when like, Mm -hmm. you know, in an intake when you're like, oh, do you have any special interests or hobbies? And they're like, no. Mm. And I'm like, uh-oh. Uh, you don't have an identity no. of your own. No, no, no. But uh, usually I'll just be like, okay, we'll talk about that more. Mm-hmm. Or like, well, okay, we'll talk about more of that later. But Do you find a lot of those people, um, I don't say those, a lot of clients who say that is because they are fostering into so many other relationships and they've been jumping from like relationship to relationship? Because I have a... Um, female like that she's been married i think for like 10 years and i asked her that question and she has nothing i'm like girl you've been married for 10 years but she's literally she she had her kid young so she was all about the kid and take care of her siblings so like there was no time for her so now that she's in this space where she feels good her relationship is good she's like what is there for me to do my kids in college me and my husband are good like what can i do i do feel like it is more common amongst like moms Mm -hmm. when but i've also had other people that have said the same thing where i'm just kind of like when you notice maybe it's just like fully engulfed in their friends hobbies or fully engulfed Mm -hmm. or just not really knowing like who am i Mm -hmm. in these situations and i think sometimes that does come with less like us struggling to sit with ourselves like we're saying like we fall we take a lot of time to foster these other relationships but don't really take that proper time to foster our own individual relationship with ourselves yeah. so we're like i don't I know what my hobbies are flows back into like identity mm-hmm. and um I, maybe the moms that we see are struggling where to recruit re- i think identity is expansive and they mm-hmm. just don't know af- after being a mom and wife and maybe even working like where to expand now maybe the old things they haven't tried in a while or maybe the old things that aren't a part of the identity anymore like yeah. sure there's things that we used to do that we don't do anymore yeah um and maybe it's because life got busy or because they just don't feel as good um so helping them feel themselves again what feels good um mm-hmm. and i think that's more identity but it could there could be some boundaries i feel like i would help with boundaries in the sense that while we're discovering you in this chapter what boundaries will be needed Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing, too, because when we talk about, like, okay, exploring that identity, there's a lot of guilt yeah. that comes with that mm-hmm. of, like, oh, well, I should have been doing this, mm-hmm. or I should have been, or this is taking away, or people are going to be upset with me if I don't show up for this thing, mm-hmm. or whatever. Sometimes it, it is more of, like, the management of our emotions while mm-hmm. we set boundaries and being kind to ourselves kind of like the saying no thing of like is that instant guilt if we can see that we disappointed someone Mm -hmm. um or that they wanted us to have a different answer um and kind of like how do we work through that and it it can be a task but definitely something that comes up often probably daily (laughs) in therapy i definitely think boundaries is something i talk about every at least every day every week for sure but probably every day and what about your kid? I know you don't really have a lot of kiddos, do you? I have a a good mm-hmm. what is sprinkle? What does boundaries look like for your kids? No bounds, they have none. <laughs> <laughs> but they that's what I mean when I say like I I my heart space comes from like a very young maybe like mm-hmm. seven 
old, oh, sorry, that was my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Made an appearance. 17-year-old version of me, because it's just, like, the heart what's what it wants, and that's, mm-hmm. like, you know, less, if we're going into the psychoanalytical of it all, the id, the ego, mm-hmm. and um, the super, super ego. Yeah. It is just, like, instinctive. And so, like, I don't blame them for being that way. They're, this is their first external connection outside of their home and it feels good so they're going off of what they feel so they're facetiming all fucking night mm-hmm. they always share their location they are on each other's snap stories yes. close private stories like it just means a lot to them i feel like they're just discovering and, and it is boundaries are still needed but mm-hmm. i teach them in a different way i teach them with more compassion mm-hmm. um, and more maybe in a psycho ed way of like when you do this this is how the relationship will be better and feel better um even if it feels good right now if you continue to do this with no bounds um you're not going to be filling your cup enough to pour into this relationship and here's what it could look like mm-hmm. and usually the feelings tell them the story they back me up then they start to feel exhausted then they start to feel nervous when their partner's not responding or then they start to overthink when they need to respond and i'm like yeah it's because you're always consumed with that mm-hmm. and again yeah. just because it's natural doesn't mean it's nice let's rework back from that um adult boundaries different because i think they have experience with yeah. lack of boundaries or struggling with boundaries mm-hmm. or their boundaries being violated so we can have a conversation based off what they already have experienced whereas like mm-hmm. the kids is just new into it's the way it's spanking new joe mm-hmm. yeah i mean what were your boundaries like as teenagers mm-hmm. <laughs> i was definitely and that was when would you just, first of all let's let's lay it out <laughs> did your minutes <laughs> come in at 7 p.m or 9 p.m i was a nine i was a mix it was a mix sometimes my parents it was probably a rough month or something i'm like damn we got a 11 now damn. <laughs> but i would stay up i would be yeah, up to like three up. o'clock in yes. the morning oh yeah i would fall asleep and then i would wake up and then my mom my mom used to like because she did not like that she would mm-hmm. try to teach me around you she's like mm-hmm. you're too available to these mm-hmm. men, like to these boys mm-hmm. but i love him <laughs> like, but um i remember my mom had a rule she was like you better not fall asleep on the phone and like she would like pop her head in the room to like make sure i wasn't on the phone and i would still be and i would just pretend like i'm not like a maniac and then it's like no, we're not we, even talking about anything yeah. which yeah, was insane we both be maniacs but it was so bad y'all and i think i was <laughs> in the beginning like 9 p.m and then it worked back to 7 p.m mm-hmm. but my mom i didn't see why she had a problem with it and also like control was a different issue too so i just it was just like a a power struggle it's like it's not a problem i'm still getting a's and mm-hmm. you know we're not doing anything wrong and we didn't go to the same school so it felt like that's the only time i could connect with him yeah. um and she was still not with the shits rightfully so like right but um she cut the fucking phone off <laughs> abruptly i mean she had given me enough no. warnings and what did oh. i do took her phone no got a job got my own phone line period period um and she was still pissed when life gives you lemons you make lemonade oh yeah i made lemonade see my and i made codependency and i said there's a way no my shit was bad i i used to do the same thing but so high school my mom finally switched it over to 7 p.m so like middle school it was nine high school i was seven middle school yeah, but mine for me, the toxicity was the boyfriend that I had um, going into college. Like, I think we were together my first year of um, college. That was terrible. Mm-hmm. We were literally talking all day, fall asleep on Skype, wake up on Skype. We're still there. I'm coming home this weekend. Why are we on the phone all day Thursday, all day Friday, leading up to me seeing you? That was really bad. But I think it was the distance and all that stuff, too. But 
that I think was where I would say that might have even been more worse than high school or like the middle school staying up on the phone all night maybe because there's distance there too so yeah, yeah I think you're like clinging on in that mm-hmm. way because of so much change too I'm sure yeah, yeah. that was um, and also like I love my high schoolers they have long days mad respect to them but everything is low stakes like you you go go to school you get grades or you don't you go to college or you don't college or like post school when you start your career your family Mm -hmm. you start to have shit to lose you need to get your sleep you need to nutrient Mm -hmm. um, fill your body with nutrients you need to get outside Mm -hmm. or you will have some like internal emotional and external consequences so that's where boundaries are just more high stakes to have Mm -hmm. in high school Somebody else is paying for our free hots in a cot. <laughs> like I'm just, I just want to yeah. talk on this phone. Yeah, child. Yeah, it's fair. It was, it was ghetto, and I'm yeah. glad that definitely. I, I feel like for me, my boundaries did begin to kick in in college, which, like, thank goodness, because like I was definitely giving like. I, y'all know this too I've said this even on the podcast before like college is when I was like if any boy tries to like position themselves like they're more important than school you're done mm-hmm. you're done mm-hmm. if I'm like oh I gotta get off the phone because I have to study for a test and you're like no I'm like excuse me and they're like never mind I'm like oh, okay that's what I thought <laughs> I'll talk to you tomorrow that's good that like, you even have that really good okay you know, I was raised by two earth signs and they didn't play yeah, that yeah. shit. <laughs> and so I didn't play that shit. And that was something I don't even feel like my parents ever really like mirror like said that sentiment, like if a man does this, hang up on mm-hmm. their ass. But I just kinda took it as like I feel like young me, I was so passionate and I was just like so full of life and I shared how important these things are. And if you kinda like said anything, I'm like, Did you not hear me? Mm-hmm. Like how important it like hello? Is this on? Like, are you okay? <laughs> so I feel like for me, I definitely, my boundaries became uber strong. And then I think through time, I became more like fluid mm-hmm. with mine where I'm like, okay, I have space. I have time. But yeah, they were strong, strong back then. That's good though. I, I had none. None. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like mm-hmm. as we're talking, I'm like about to drag myself. I did long distance in college and I loved it. And I've done long distance before. And y'all hear me say mm-hmm. like, I love it. But I think it's because, like, I had to put more boundaries in when somebody's local. Because mm. like, I want to see you. Yes! Fuck this job! Fuck it off! <laughs> Fuck it off! Yes. <laughs> but um, with the distance, we all have different schedules. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, it's kind of known that we can't be um, seeing each other. Or even, even just, like, on the phone and stuff like that and planning stuff. So um, it just has a structure to it that is comfortable. And sometimes I got to get out of my comfort zone and still exert yeah. those boundaries. Yeah. Um, scheduling wise in college, it was easy and around works. It was, it was easy. But, um, I think the real test will come like when it's in my vicinity and I really had to be like, I had to talk to you after I finished the presentation. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. Living with someone and being like, mm. you have to stop talking. I'm going to go into another You room. are good at that. I think both of you are. Like, y'all never cancel podcast shit. Y'all never cancel event. Look at mm. you. I wouldn't, though. I wouldn't either. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to be there. I wouldn't be with my boo. Mm. No, but, yeah. But also, like, when you live with somebody, it's like, child, I was with you all day yesterday. <laughs> no, like, that part. I have yeah. to go. That We're the seat. And I think that's because I haven't fully lived with anybody before. Because I love that. Like, what? We were together all day yesterday? And all day today? <laughs> Period. But it's nice like it it two but, hours. But I see it as a break. Because it's mm-hmm. like... Yeah. yeah. If, we, if we were to spend break. multiple days together, I would, we would start getting uh, being annoying. Right now, we're on a high. Mm-hmm. Let's stay on the high. I'm going to go out with my friends. We're all still on the high. When we come back, it's like... Ooh, ooh, ooh. Because we didn't start getting on each other's nerves. <laughs> right, right. Like, there's excitement to come back yeah. to. So, like, I would really implement that. And I'm excited to implement that. But, um, 
you also went through COVID with your partners. Yeah. Huh. What did that? See, my partner was over the road because he oh, put, was drives trucks, so we were good. <laughs> no, it was, <laughs> I no, was no. Fine. All right. Well, I'll I'll speak for the listen. <laughs> it was rough, and COVID started when we 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 COVID. We all know because we were there March. 2020 mm-hmm. we moved in together january of 2020 mm. <laughs> even adults in our lives like people married couples that's been together they like when they're like oh how long have you been, guys been living together we're like six months they like but in covid time y'all been there like three years i'm like <laughs> yeah. i know yeah. i know because yeah. it's like there was no breaks yeah no we did not go to work to be like bye see you later it was none of that it was like a crash course and I'm I'm really surprised no one was harmed, no one was injured. <laughs> Everyone has all ten fingers, toes, but it. I think that was really the crash course in boundaries because mm-hmm. we literally had no choice and That's we were up under up. each other and it was terrible until we've like waded in the water and figured it out. Mm-hmm. Right. I think also owed to secure attachment. If we're struggling with boundaries, we're struggling with feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. So, get into and I think once when we, if we bring in that security part and this is kind of like the message I hope that all of our clever girls and boys and mm-hmm. everyone that's listening comes with is like with security, it's that balance of like community and being in community with other people and also that independent work and like walking on our own path at times and having that really clear balance of distinguishing when both sides are necessary you know not just leaning towards the community not only leaning towards being by yourself but that pendulum swing that like Mm -hmm. i have that discernment to to decide what is appropriate for the moment from moment to moment it's a practice yeah i guess you can kind of like bring it all in to be like if somebody's struggling with boundaries maybe you could say either how would they recognize that um and then what would be a good way to bring it up with a counselor or a therapist Mm mm-hmm I think if I, you would recognize it by if when you're alone you don't have an interest to do anything else. Yeah. Mm. When you find yourself boring. Damn. <laughs> but probably so. Like when you're alone you're just like on your partner's accounts or well that's an obvious one that's more of my younger stuff people doing that but you just have no desire you know how sometimes when we're screening for depression we people lose interest in the things they like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i i find that as a crossover with boundaries in a different way of like you're losing interesting your interest in things you like because you just don't feel ignited by yourself anymore mm-hmm. um so i recognize that when people struggle with boundaries anything that you guys notice as well maybe behavioral or emotional I think definitely struggling with saying no, or also uh, even duh. struggling mm-hmm. with identifying your own emotions. Sometimes, like people will say how other people feel in sessions. If I told you every time someone told me how their partner felt oh, and not mm-hmm. how they did, or how yes. their mom felt, and yes. how they did. so now she's mad at me. So how do you? Yeah, no, literally, I'm like before they walk. One of my favorite things before they came in a room. How did you feel? Because mm-hmm. they're like, I'm sad. I'm like, but how did you feel before then? Are you just attaching yourself to other people? people's feelings are yeah. you connected to your own are you able to stay grounded in your own feelings that's, a good one. that's definitely a clear one where i'm struggling with boundaries if i immediately mesh with someone else's emotional experience and struggle to identify my own mm-hmm. 
I think one could be also um, just feeling like on edge all the time, and like I think that's a, a yes. yeah, just uh, not, like feeling really unsettled in your stomach or just not feeling yeah, not feeling yeah settled. Yeah, like you vigilant to, to that somatic therapy. Somatic <laughs> mean like listen to your body. What is yeah. your body telling you? There's internal mechanisms we were born with to tell us when we're off balance, and our stomach or gut health is one of them. Our temperature is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, our breath is one of them yeah. so like if we're paying attention to those things your body's trying to tell you like we're feeling an imbalance and it could be that emotional bad that's a good and one and that's why we say pay attention to that too because things you could f- things could be going well so then you're like what is this like why do i feel unsettled why do i not feel good is because what is going on like yeah everything you're you're meeting up with everybody your social life is good but obviously something is feeling a little bit off if you're feeling unsettled and where is that coming from Mm-hmm. Like guys, so if any of this resonates and you're like, um, maybe I'm feeling that, <laughs> reach out if you already have an established relationship with a licensed professional. Talk, talk about these mm-hmm. things. Like bring these things up. They're great opportunities. Also, your relationship with your therapist is a great way to mirror boundaries Hell and build yeah. that relationship with boundaries. We gonna model them every time. I know, and I'm gonna <laughs> tell my clients to tell me no. I mm-hmm. always tell them, I'm like, you, you will never upset me if you share like how you feel. Mm-hmm. Like it's not about definitely talk about that with them too and ask to be pushed in those ways there as well um and i hope i hope this resonates you guys like it. yeah yes it's okay to be a lover girl we're lover girls and we love all lover girls out there lover boys too yes especially the lover boys <laughs> <laughs> and when it comes to our couch you, you can, can always sit with us, us.